Happy Wednesday, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Rocketeer Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie that uh, Walt Disney's ever made. I'm one of your... Oh, by the way, it's the Rocketeer 1991 Joe Johnson film. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And Jim, we have a guest today. Yay. Yes, it's me. It's me, <laughs> Alex. Podcasting's Alex Robinson from the Star Wars Minute. Yay, which is the granddaddy of all uh, movies by minute uh, podcasts, which has spawned quite a group of, of folks uh, examining movies you'd never thought you'd be talking about again, uh, one of which being The Rocketeer. But uh, we, <laughs> we're very happy to have you on board here, Alex. Uh, and I understand, from what I understand, you have never seen this movie. Is that correct? Or um no i've never seen it the first watching minute 18 was the uh, very first minute of the rocketeer i've ever seen uh, i did read the graphic novel uh you know being a cartoonist i keep uh, getting on top of those things but no i've never actually seen the movie so um, i was curious to check it out it just never oh, came across my radar it's it's not like i had anything against it although you know of course not everyone holds it as, as high a regard as you do, but... Uh... And here I thought we were going to be friends, Alex. Um, Jim, I have to go. Okay, well, it, we'll, we'll, lead, we'll lead him through, and maybe he'll watch the, re- the, other, the other 106 minutes of this movie. That's right. Uh, but it, it actually does, it, it does vary greatly from uh, Dave Stevens's novel. I mean, yeah. there's no, uh, there, mm-hmm. there really isn't a, uh, a Timothy Dalton character or, uh, or a Paul, uh, Paul Servino character in this. And, uh, really got to beef no. it up not as much as not not as much craziness, but we're where we're starting this minute. We're still back with uh, crazy Tim Dalton, uh, mm-hmm. who has a uh, a sword at Paul Servino's uh, neck, or maybe we'll go by the character names uh, Neville Sinclair and uh, Eddie Valentine, which is a great gangster name. And uh, he's hol- he's holding that uh, the the point right at the edge of his uh, ample chin, and they're still in the uh, house on Haunted Hill house, having this uh, discussion about new terms of agreement on uh, on where their contract's going i'm really enjoying T- timothy dalton this week as he's you know this is his first his first moments in the film and he is playing a great bad guy this also coming right on the heels of uh the living daylight so he gets to uh to be a good guy as well as a bad guy in the same year not not uh not too shabby um, so so what, he was in the middle of the Bond things. This I I, I don't know enough about Bond to know where Living Daylight's take is in the. So he was of yeah he was technically let's see so the very first Bond was Barry Nelson did a live TV show we don't really count him then you had Connery then you had Lazenby then you had Connery again then you had more then you had Dalton for two films so uh, Dalton was between uh, between Moore and Brosnan and but this I think this was his second. This would have been right immediately following his second one, so he was just kind of coming off the Bond thing. This would have been yeah. immediately after the Living Daylights. Uh, uh, License to Kill, yeah, Living oh. Daylights first, then License well, to Kill. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. so th- this so. is in in between. So License to Kill was coming after this. So he's yeah. So he's mid oh, okay. mid Bond. Aren't we all sometimes sort of mid Bond? Yeah, yeah. But he's uh, definitely doing good, being a bad guy. He's. Uh, I think he's pulling a, quite a bit of Prince Baron. I mean, maybe it's just the sword, but I, I think he's he's pulling a little bit of Flash Gordon here with uh, with the, the whole Prince Baron look thing. We we haven't been introduced yet to the characters that he's playing in, in the movies. He is a movie actor, but uh, definitely getting into the swashbuckling thing personally. As a movie that you don't know much about, Alex, how how are you reacting to this the, these initial seconds of the Rocketeer? Was it what you were expecting, or well? Um... <clears throat> 
No, no. Um, well, a mix. I wasn't sure at first whether, because um, I, I knew, I assumed Paul Servino was playing like a gangster when I first saw it. But So that made me think that Timothy Dalton was on the good guy's side. But then, so I did, um, I did a cheat a little bit and watched the minute or so previously just to provide some context. So, uh, oh, okay. So, uh, so they're yes. all, they're all they're all bad guys, and uh, it seems it seems like we should be rooting for Eddie. I'm I'm I'm, I'm still uh, having seen this movie too many times. I'm not sure on first viewing who the director wants you to be rooting for at the time. It seems to be they're all bad guys, so I guess they're e- equal part. You know, who, these are just arguments among villains. Yeah, it's sort of like Boba Fett arguing with Darth Vader, to put it in terms that I would understand. <laughs> okay, there we are, yeah. I guess it's more like Boba Fett and Jabba, because Paul Servino would be the gangster. Yeah. So where does that put uh, uh, Spanish Johnny and Mikey, who are the guys with the guns in the back? I I'm not, I guess other bounty hunters or something. Maybe like uh, Zuckus, maybe? Well, yeah. they work for Jabba, so they would be like Weequay. Oh, like Weequay. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Okay, and, there we go. Uh, let's say Barada. Yeah. Okay. Klaatu uh, and Nikto just sit this one out. Yeah. Well, they're they're out in the car. Keep, right. Yeah. In the car running. <laughs> wow. Uh, but all good. All good acting. They get to uh, show off how they can quietly walk out of uh, out of out, down the hallway. Which, I thought the uh, guy the guy who's holding the gun. Um, he almost looks like. Um, I don't know how you say his name out loud. The guy who played Fredo Corleone. John Cazal, uh, yeah. John Cazal, yeah, yeah, I, I can, I can see that, yeah. I, uh, I just to see who that was, just to, uh, to, uh, but it wasn't uh, anyone I recognized. Yeah, it's, uh, and they also seem to have disappeared off the internet. I've been trying to, trying to reach out to them to see if we could have them on as a guest, but hmm. um, it would be interesting to see how, how much time they got to, uh, re- you know, most, most of the time they spend reacting to things although they do get a, some pretty good lines later on in the movie well acting is reacting as they say yeah yeah and uh paul servino doing a great job there Be, i i'm not sure when was goodfellas in relation to this film that would have been two years after I th- this goodfellas is came out the year before this oh I okay was, i actually looked it up so uh oh so he's yeah. uh yeah, this playing... is, would have been like almost immediately for post goodfellas so Oh, okay. So he's right. They just put a hat on him and off he went and uh... <laughs> dressed him a little better, not much. Yeah. yeah. I think they kind of tricked him and they filmed this on while they were doing Goodfellas and just didn't tell him it was for an entirely different movie. Yeah. Wondering uh... why his clothes were a little dated, but otherwise. <laughs> yeah. And Great, why is uh... why is Errol Flynn here waving an epee at me? <laughs> Uh, what is he holding in his hand as he's pointing? You mean when they're uh, that side shot when they're facing each other? Uh, about about second twenty three. Yeah, he's is his fing- is his middle finger bandaged? I'm just trying to figure out what's going on with his hand there. It's just a very unusual. It looks like he's holding something in his hand while he's pointing his finger, and I don't I, I don't know what it. Yeah, that's a good question. What it is that he's got in his hand? Did uh, did he get his boutonniere back? Somebody no, tossed it to uh, him off camera. I mean, we, uh, we, Mike, Mikey's holding it. Mikey's holding it in his hand in the background. Okay, just, he still does have it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they seem to be having a, having a pretty good time. I do, what's the deal? The other thing, uh, the apples look like onions. Are they uh, in the uh, with the the lilies? He's got that little basket in front of him, uh-huh. and I could swear those look like a just a pile of onions. Hmm. 
But, uh, really, that sounds like an unreleased Beatles song, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but either the apples look like onions, a pile of onions. It's it's very it's very peculiar. Maybe it was a thing in the in the thirties. Yeah, thirties yes. or twenties. When is this? Uh, when is this? Nineteen thirty-eight. It's October fifteenth. So. October fourteenth. Excuse me. Yeah. So we're out so. of the depression, but really the apples clearly haven't recovered. We're not back to yeah. normal apple at this point. Yeah. yeah maybe maybe uh, Neville Sinclair enjoys a good onion after dinner. It just <laughs> it's 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 an odd odd piece. Or he wears very it well, on his belt, as was the style of the time. Yeah. <laughs> very well lit uh, room. I noticed. It just there's so many. I, I, I mean, maybe he does like having Fresnel lamps hanging from his ceiling, but it just seems a very overly, unnecessarily well-lit room. Um, well, but, he's, in, he's in showbiz. Yeah, yeah. In terms of likability, uh, there, there isn't much in this. In this uh, Neville is not a likable guy. Do do we like, do we like uh, Eddie Valentine? He seems to... He seems to be a, a, strong, a strong horse in this one. He's not. He's not pushing back, even with a guy that had a had the point of a sword to his throat. Does, doesn't really have any kind of fear there. So I, it I, shows I, you how cool he is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, well, right at the very beginning, when he does have the sword to his uh, to his neck, and then he's just got his hand up. He's not breaking eye contact with uh, with Dalton, but he just has his hand up off to the side, keeping the henchman over there. It's just. You know, that's just classic cool right there. He's clearly been in this situation before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Constantly having epis posted, poked into his <laughs> right. chin. So many, by, by movie stars who may or may not be what they yeah, appear. Yeah. I mean, So many client, clients with swords. That seems to be his thing. We've all been there. Yeah. I do like the little carafe that's parked on the uh, the end table there, although there doesn't seem to be any, the, the hobble, I think they used to call that when you go to a – if you go to a diner like a, a Denny's or something like that, they'd bring out a small coffee jar, and that seems to be the hodl that's parked uh, on the end table to the left of the of the chair on the left of the screen. Hodl? Um, How do you? What, what's that word? H o t t l e. I think if you if you look in eBay, there'll be hundreds of uh, examples of hodls for sale from huh. classic forties uh, or fifties or or thirties at the time. Um, it was a hot bottle. So that you could you could pick it the uh, the top part of it is insulated so you can you could grab it by the top and pour hot coffee out of it into a cup. Huh. interesting. And and now you've got me thinking. You know, where in the world is the Rocketeer screen used hodl today, and what yeah. are the chances of finding it? Someday. Well, it's, it's good to have <laughs> Some, dreams, isn't it? It's someday good to, it'll be on your shelf. Yeah. It's good to look forward to something. That's got to be going for like upwards of twenty dollars on eBay. <laughs> Easily. Yeah. Easily. <laughs> The trick, yeah. Well, that well, the uh, the certification paper is probably twice that. Right. Well, um, I don't like to brag, but now that I'm a rich podcaster, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's really nothing out of reach. That's that's where it goes. I think this is the first. Uh, dis- well, no, we haven't had dis- this. Is the second disagreement we've had in the movie. We've had the uh, the first disagreement is with uh, Cliff and the FBI uh, arguing about whether or not uh, the FBI was going to pay for his wrecked plane. Right. Uh, this is this is yet another confrontation. Uh, I think there's going to be about four more in this movie where it's uh, it's like that. So this, I'm I'm wondering if the screenwriter just fell back on that as this worked and and goes on, you know, every couple of minutes have another face to face confrontation with <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah. Um, well, it's like you said though. It's uh, you know it's establishing who these people are, what their roles are, but it's also keeping us guessing. Like we were talking a minute ago, who's the bad guy? 
You know, yeah. who's, who really is uh, the villain of the piece? And we, we can't, you know, we, we don't want to think it's the, it's the handsome leading man. Well, ultimate question here is how many takes did they have to do to get that, that Lily cut? Oh, uh, yeah. He just nails that. Yeah, but that might have been nailing it after the eighth take. Sure. I assumed it was all CGI. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so Remarkably ahead of its time. Him. Yeah. Do you think they're, and, like, perforated so that, like, when – and, like, maybe when he cuts them, like, stagehands are just pulling the tops off with, like, string or something? Like, piano, you know, like, uh, invisible wires? All, the, all those years at Juilliard may have paid off, though. I don't know if he had uh, if they go over that at lily cutting class in fencing school. Um, it's uh, I don't know. I'm, assu- I'm assuming that somewhere they have like a big stack, like uh, you know the, the I can't remember the name of the there's a floral place on on Fairfax and Third uh, in Los Angeles. It's not not too far from here where they have you go in there and there's just this this uh, wholesale florist place where you can buy stacks of roses and st- there's probably like a stacks of daylilies where they could you know load up a truck and, and come out. And, okay, take seven, take eight. Well, you notice there's a lot of them in the background too. I think sort of just in case if we need more cuts, yeah. we've got we've even got them on screen. Have either of you guys ever uh, cut anything with like it's an epi right, not a sort. Yeah, yeah, it's an epi. I think it's well, an epi. I'll ask you. Have you guys ever cut anything with a sword or epi or any handheld blade device like that? You know, I don't I, think I have. I, I actually did fence a little bit in college, but it was almost all foil. Um, just did an epi once and once or twice, and, and even then, uh, with another person, you're actually sort of discouraged from actually cutting hmm. anybody or anything. So, I mean, certainly, you know, when I was in high school and I had foils, I would you know, probably do this kind of thing and like try to swish off a, you know, blade of long grass or something like that. But, but, uh, I don't think I, I used, have, I used to have a sigh when I was a kid and I had to, I worked at a, uh, the, the town that I, that I lived in, in, uh, in upstate New York, uh, we used to have to cut hedges with it. And it was this large, you know, it's like the USSR sigh. It was this big curved <laughs> handle. And uh-huh. maybe if you did it with a scimitar, but that used to get you a, a pretty straight edge. We used to have to cut uh, cattails down. And uh, it it got a lot more even than, than what this was. Those, I don't know what the uh, what the tensile strength of lily uh, stalks are, but they look pretty sturdy. It looks almost like bamboo that he's chopping there. Or celery, um, at least. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the way they stay upright and stay so so strong. So, so Alex, you asked the question. Now, I, I, I suppose you should answer it. Have Have you ever cut anything with a sword or a lightsaber? Uh, no, I have not that I can remember. But it's, I, I really would like to because I'm, I'm, I'm always skeptical. Like you see in a movie or something where somebody cuts someone's head off with one shot with a sword, and I'm wondering if that's like at all feasible. So what I'm saying is, can you guys set it up so I can cut someone's head off with a sword just for the sake of research? I think that's a very fair request, and yeah, I, and and I think even though you know here we are in uh, in what minute eighteen, it is it is not the most outlandish request we've gotten so far from a guest. Would you agree, Jim? Yeah. I would say so. And you know, well, I mean, there there's there is something you you do work at at uh, EAA and Oshkosh, and we have yeah. lots of whirling propellers and things. That that's always an opportunity. Uh, I, I do want that gigantic uh, Western Electric phone he's picking up, which must weigh. I, I would say the the receiver itself weighs about. Five pounds oh, easily. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> big, um, big solid bake light. Yeah, it looks like a murder weapon. <laughs> um, but there, at the last, at the last moment, we're seeing a tiny, tiny Ron doing his uh, pinky acting. Um, <laughs> if that doesn't scream uh, best supporting actor, I don't know right. what it does. Um, 
couldn't find out anything about the radio, but it's a it's a nice looking radio. Um, and apparently he's he's parked immediately outside of a neon sign. So um, we'll we'll find out more. Okay. I was disappointed we didn't get to see um, this guy's face because he's supposed to be made up as um, what's his name, Rondo. Rondo Hat. Rondo Hatton, yeah. 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 Well, we'll, we'll be seeing we'll be seeing a whole lot more of him coming up. So Well, you will, but I won't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Someday. Well, Someday. you will when you watch the movie and it'll change your life, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Not to overpromise. Yeah. You'll be on a on a transcontinental flight and somewhere in the fourth tier of uh, uh in case you missed it movies at the bottom of the, uh, the choices on, on on the screen. Just scroll, keep scrolling and eventually the Rocketeer will show up. I keep hoping it's um, gonna be on Netflix or Amazon or something, but so far I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, it's it, Disney is awfully um, persnickety about this particular movie, and I don't yeah. know why. When when it was released, it, their 20th anniversary had absolutely nothing on the Blu-ray. It's like here's the movie, and here's a here's the 30 second commercial that we had for right. it, so you can watch watch those, and that's that's about it. They did a little bit of merchandising around it, if you like art prints and things like that, uh, like that. Uh, great 1939 the world's fair uh cover on that folio they did a poster of that that i missed out on but but yeah they don't they they don't screen it much it's not out there much um uh alex says jim has mentioned i work uh, for this group out here in oshkosh wisconsin every year we put on the biggest aviation event in the world it's a week-long fly-in with twelve thousand airplanes and half a million people and one of the things we do we have a big uh 80 foot outdoor movie theater 80 foot inflatable screen outdoor movie theater and we show movies every night and sometimes i'll go and introduce those and we we did get disney's permission to do to screen the rocketeer and it it took a while but we were able to do it and i don't know we had ten thousand people sitting out there on the on the grass watching it one night which was a real kick but but uh that was a that was a struggle and it was a rarity too for them to authorize especially an outdoor screening that disney's not a fan of that for some reason hmm. yeah i'm I'm not sure why they don't uh, why they don't respect this movie enough. I mean, it's it it's not it, it, it you know it's it's already an asset that they have, and I, I, right. I just it, it just seems like there's some kind of politics that we don't know about that that prevents this movie from getting a, a resurgence, or maybe just nobody knows about it, or nobody nobody wants to know about it. And you know, it was, well, they will after this, Jim. Yeah, for sure. Wow. <laughs> Well, well, Alex, if you can hang up for just a little bit more uh, tomorrow, we can uh, we can talk a little bit more about Dave Stevens and uh, and graphic art and and the the other the other Rocketeer that people may be more familiar with. Hmm. So uh, let's uh, let's pick up things tomorrow. For for those of you listening in, uh, please check us out on the social media. We are available at a multitude of places. You can find us Twitter Rocketeer Minute. You can find us on Facebook the Rocketeer Minute Bulldog Cafe. You can find us at the great big website RocketeerMinute.com where uh, we have all the previous episodes so you can catch up. We can also, there's a link there to Amazon, so if you haven't seen The Rocketeer like uh, like Alex hasn't, uh, you can get a, get a copy right there and have it delivered right to your uh, desktop on Amazon Prime. Um, but uh, check all those sites out, and uh, we are always interested in your comments, so please join us out there on Facebook. Uh, so let's pick this up tomorrow as we talk more about the mysterious guy and his uh, big hairy pinky. Uh, tomorrow here on the, on, the Rock, on the Rocketeer Minute. So until then, over and out. Go get him, kid.